Welcome to the Passive Income Revolution podcast, where we help you create the life that you dream of. Whether it's through real estate, entrepreneurship, or just savvy investing, we're here to help you make that dream life a reality. No matter if it's that yacht in the ocean or just a little extra time with your kids, we're here to help you. So first, I want to start by apologizing to all of you. I had intended for this episode to be live the Thursday after New Year's. However, that is apparently not what the universe had intended for me. I had recorded this the week before Christmas, but there were aspects that I needed to re-record. And unfortunately, during the Christmas break, I caught a nasty cold, which turned into numerous other things, including losing my voice for about 10 days. So I wasn't actually able to re-record the portions that I needed to to get this out there for the new year in time. It's just begun to come back in the past 24 hours, so I'm actually kind of still keeping it low as far as how much I talk. But I did want to re-record the few sections and get this out to you guys. Again, I do apologize that it is late. I did not intend for it, but unfortunately, it was the one thing I couldn't really work around was not having my voice fully. So for New Year's, I thought it'd be a great time to talk about New Year's resolutions and the brand new year. Now, I know it's something a lot of people talk about, but I'm actually going to take a little bit different of a spin on it. I actually detest New Year's resolutions. I love New Year's. Don't get me wrong. I love New Year's celebrations. I believe it mostly came from my childhood because New Year's was always a big deal in my family. Every year we get together as siblings with our parents and maybe a few choice people that we like to call family. We bring them in, we have fun, we laugh, we ring in the new year. I just don't like the idea of New Year's resolutions. I feel like New Year's resolutions are often empty promises that we make to ourselves. This year, I'll get healthy, I'll slow down, I'll travel more, whatever it may be. We don't go any further than making that promise in one sentence uttered sometime between Christmas and that fateful stroke of midnight. My grandma used to like to call them a thin statement masquerading as an intention. And at the time when I first heard it, I couldn't really fully appreciate it. I was, I think, in fourth or fifth grade. But now as an adult, and certainly since I've gotten into my 20s and 30s, I definitely appreciate more of what she was saying about how many people use in New Year's resolutions as basically setting an intention. But that's all it ever becomes is just an intention and barely even that because they don't execute on it. So since it is New Year's and a lot of people are thinking about a brand new start and everything, I thought I would discuss with you what I do for annual planning and goal setting, even though I don't do it at New Year's. Another big reason why I don't really care for New Year's resolutions is just the timing of it all. The idea that, hey, January 1st, a new calendar, a new me, it's a great time to begin anew for myself. It's kind of this fabled and faulty idea. Just because the clock strikes midnight and we're awake for it and we're with people doesn't mean we're some sort of reverse Cinderella where we're going to turn into this awesome person January 1st and everything that happened last year isn't going to matter. I'm not saying this to discourage you, but let's consider the fact that really there's nothing special about New Year's other than it's a new year at the end of a date. That's all that's special about it. When I really think about it, January is one of the worst times 
that we can be making this push to change ourselves. Because we're coming off of the holiday high. The idea that we're busy, we're engaged with family, we feel loved, we feel happy, we're having laughs. Or maybe on the opposite side of it, maybe the holidays aren't so happy for you. And if either one is the case, usually January is a little bit of a slump for us. We get a little discouraged. If you're in a part of the United States that has winter, like I do here, January is arguably our worst month of the year. We get bitter cold, we get snowstorms, we get blizzards. It's one of the hardest months of the year to actually be happy because we get winter blues, we get sort of down by the snow and the cold. So I've often thought that January is one of the worst months that we can actually have this intention to change ourselves because we already have so much going on mentally. Maybe we even have Christmas debt that you didn't expect. Maybe you need to figure out how to pay it, what you're going to do, what your next step is. You've already got so much going on in your head that really saying that you want to make all these massive changes in January, I think it's generally a bad idea. I just truly do. I think it's better off to just pick any month out of the year other than January. Pick whatever you feel is your best month and use that as your new year. So if you feel your best in May, then pick May as your new year. Say that May 1st, I'm going to start whatever. I'm going to do my goals. I'm going to do whatever it is I'm going to do that normal people do January 1st. Whatever your best month is, pick it and use that as your New Year's. When I wasn't feeling well over the past couple of weeks, I reached out to an entrepreneur friend of mine. And I told her I was a little bit bummed about missing sort of the New Year, New Year, like motivation that we all go into as entrepreneurs, like January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I said, I just feel like I'm missing that. And it's like, I wanted to hit the ground really running. I wanted to be one of those people, even though I've already started my goals and things like that. I just felt like I was missing something. And she came back with the most awesome response that she could have. She said, you know, in my family, we celebrate holidays not always on the exact holiday. Birthdays are on a different day, sometimes Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter. They're on different days in the actual holiday, but we're still celebrating the holiday. So really, I just need to pick a new year for myself. So I decided I would pick January 20th. That is going to be my new year. I figure by then I'll have my voice fully back. As you can hear, it's still cracking a little bit. I will fully be over this sickness, which has taken me a long time. And I will be able to have that little bit of motivation where that will be my new year. Because even though I don't do my goal setting and resolutions in January, I still do get wrapped up in this idea of a brand new calendar and making the best of it. So there is still that aspect of New Year's that I enjoy. And now I'm just going to kind of push that forward a little bit because she's right. We have control over when we celebrate things and when we do things. Just because the calendar says it's January 1st doesn't mean that's the only time that we can have the new year motivation or the only time we can set goals or make changes for ourselves. A few years ago, I started my own tradition with making the best of the new year. I stopped making my best work begin on January 1st. Instead, now by the time January 1st comes around, I'm already 30 days into executing on my new goals and ambitions. I start the process in October. In October, I begin to think about where I want the next 365 days to go. 
I look at all aspects of my life, professionally, personally, and my relationships. I contemplate where I want to make improvement and what might be a priority for me in the coming 12 months. I think about how many new properties do I want to bring into my rental management company? How many books do I want to read next year? What personal challenges do I want to give myself? In my important relationships, what do I want to accomplish with them in the coming 12 months? Is there someone I want to spend more time with? Is there someone I want to connect with on a deeper level? Are there things I want to be more involved in? I write down these sentences that are actually my goals and ambitions, but I make sure I have plenty of them. I don't pick just one or two. My list is usually around 30. Now, you might think that 30 is high, but later on in the podcast, you'll discover why I pick 30. I'm usually somewhere between 30 and 35, and they will be in mixture of long-term goals and what I call short execution goals. So just to give you an idea of what is on my list for this year, I have decided that I'm going to read 30 books this year. I'm going to finish learning French. I'm going to master the sales skill in business. And then I'm also going to bring on 50 new units to my property management company. Now, this is just a snippet of my long list of goals. I also have other goals. Some of them are about health and weight, my relationships, things like that. So I really do have a wide range of goals. And they are a mixture of easy obtainable ones and also longer term ones. Some of them on here are simply just research this idea. Other ones are just paint my bedroom. So there are some really smaller goals in here, and I pick those in a variety for a good reason. Once I have my list of goals, the next thing I do is I create webs. If you think back to grade school, maybe third grade when you were learning about writing short stories, one of the tools that we were often taught to use was creating story webs. In the center of a paper, you wrote what your topic was. Then you ran lines off of that center area where you wrote the setting, the character, the problems, the solution. And this was meant to help you map out the direction of your story before you started writing it. I actually still use story weaves to this day. I just use them in a much different fashion. Unfortunately, I don't write as much story as I used to. I did used to write fiction stories just for fun, but I think I got out of that habit about 10 years ago. So nowadays, when I create webs, they're actually in relation to my goals. So I take one of my goals that I took from the list of 30. I write it in the center of an area on a piece of paper. And then the lines that come out from that center are the steps necessary to meet that goal. Maybe it's things to think about in relationship to the goal. So maybe things I do need to research about that goal or a specific step. It's anything I can think of relating to that goal that's kind of a necessity to think about or do to get to the finish line with it. On my web diagram for my goals, I usually have about five to seven offshoots. And this is actually a crucial step in taking your goals from being these intentions into being executable goals. Because it's when you create these webs that you identify what you need to do. And thus you're creating a plan when you create these webs. Now these web pages become my constant companion for the next 365 days. 
Yes, they are written on scratch paper. And yes, it may look like my seven-year-old wrote them. But I don't alter it. I don't make any changes. I don't make them neater. I don't make them pretty. I don't rewrite them. They go in the back of my annual planner where I know I can easily reference them in their original format. And I will reference them. Twelve times, in fact. My goal list is usually a mix of what I call constant goals, which are year-long goals, and execution goals, which are items with discernible endpoints that can be achieved in less than two months realistically. An example of constant goals are the number of books I want to read. That's not something that I'm going to do in the course of two months. It's going to be something I do throughout the year. Any weight or health goals should definitely be constant goals because any sustainable change is not something that's going to be dramatic and quick. It's something that needs to be done over the course of time. Another thing that might be a constant goal is learning a skill or a language. So earlier I said that I wanted to finish learning French. That is definitely a constant goal because it's not something I'm going to accomplish at the level I want in just two months. So these are all items that are for the long haul of the year. They aren't something that is accomplished in seven steps and considered done. They take a longer time commitment and consistent effort over at least six months. Execution goals are the smaller stuff. Maybe it's the classes that I want to create or teach that year, building the new website, or any administrative aspects that I want to update in my company. These are more projects than goals. They have concise steps where executing on those steps in a certain order gets me to the completed project in less than 60 days. I like having a mixture of constant and execution goals because the constant goals are what keep me going throughout the entire year. And then the execution goals are the ones that give me those little moments of victory that keep me going throughout the year. The last step in my yearly planning is when I select the lucky four execution goals that get assigned to December, which is the first month in my goal year. Because I do all my planning in October and November, December 1st is when I have my new year. So I usually pick ones that would be more beneficial to be accomplished early on in the 365 days and or ones that are rather simplistic that can be easy wins. Easy wins are necessary for keeping us on track, especially when the other goals may be more time-consuming or difficult, but definitely in the beginning, it's good to have some easy wins. Now, each month I repeat this process. I select a new four to accomplish, and this is what I mean by referring back to that web sheet 12 times, because each month I'll go in there and I'll pick a new four for the following month that I will work on and I will execute. Now, I do take into consideration how busy my month is, and I take into consideration any time off I might be taking when I pick the goals that I'm going to use. If I've got three speaking engagements and a vacation planned in one month, I'm likely going to pick some easier goals with one bigger one, because I do want to be sure I'm not being unrealistic with how much time I can dedicate to these. Now, I will admit there are times where I do have to carry over a goal or two from a previous month. It happens. New projects come up, new opportunities, and sometimes I don't get through all my goals in a month. I am absolutely human. I do strive for all four to be completed, but I'm also realistic, 
And I understand the nature of my industry may only allow for me to get two and a half to three accomplished in 30 days. I don't beat myself up for it. I just make the carryover ones my number one priority in the new month and work harder to get back on track. One of the big reasons I became an entrepreneur was to be able to have freedom of time for my family. So when these opportunities come up, I want to take advantage of them. So whether it be chaperoning a field trip for one of my nieces, or maybe it's just having lunch with my parents or going on a too quick day vacation with them. I want to be available for these things and I want to take advantage of it because it's really why I became an entrepreneur. And if I'm such a slave to my goals that I'm not actually taking advantage of why I became an entrepreneur, then the whole thing becomes pointless. So that's one of the biggest ways that I can get off track with my goals is when I am spending more time with my family. One of the big reasons I'm able to accomplish a lot and execute on these goals is because of the style of planner that I use. A couple of years ago, my sister-in-law as a Christmas gift got me a goal-oriented planner. I had never heard of these before. I had no idea what it was. Within just a month, I was in love with it and I haven't changed now in four years. I love goal-oriented planners. It's not just a day runner. I used to use a day runner for years and I thought that was getting me by. Well, yeah, it was telling me where I needed to be and I wasn't missing appointments, but it actually wasn't helping me figure out how to allocate my time and what my priorities were. With a goal-oriented planner, it helps me highlight my goals for the year, month, and it helps me write out the steps that I need for each goal in the month that I want to accomplish. So other than actually brainstorming, the planner is the second biggest contributor to my success. Don't invest in just an appointment calendar. Get yourself a goal calendar. Amazon is full of these. Look at pictures of the products to make sure it's going to work for you. What are the pages structured like? What the size is? Make sure it's actually going to work for you. You can head over to Pinterest and you can look at downloadable goal calendars there. Maybe you'll find something there that sparks your interest. Download it, take it into Kinko's, get it printed off in color, get a nice cover made for it, get it bound. All that really matters is that the format makes sense for you. Do the prompts that are included inspire you? Does it help you map out your month and what you want to do with it? Does it help you allocate your time properly? That's what you want to have in a goal calendar. A couple years ago, my sister-in-law couldn't remember specifically what type of planner she had gotten me. And she reached out to a partner in crime to help figure out what kind of planner she had gotten me. But unfortunately, that really didn't help very much. Despite the fact that my planner is an 8.5 by 11 full big honking thing, her partner in crime couldn't covertly find it. And so my sister-in-law ended up going to Barnes & Noble and picking up another goal planner for me. Now, I tried. I genuinely tried using it the first couple months of the year, but I felt so off. I felt disorganized. I felt unproductive. I felt unmotivated because that style of planner didn't work for me. So by the time March came around, I was jonesing for my old planner. So I ended up going onto Amazon, finding the product, and buying myself what I was used to, and it was a night and day difference. So absolutely be sure that the goal planner motivates you, it makes you productive, and it makes sense for you. Once you have the planner, the next thing to do is to schedule the time to accomplish these goals. 
the first 90 minutes of my days are project time. I block out the first 90 minutes of every weekday, and this time is for executing on my goals that I have selected for that month. So before I check my email, before I answer my phone, before I do any meetings, I have my project time. Nothing changes that, or at least very, very little does. I even include two extra sessions on the other days of the week, where again, for 90 minutes, I'm executing on those goals. So it's really crucial to make sure you put your goal time at the beginning of your day, because it's before you get bogged down with everything else that everyone thinks is important or urgent. So make sure you're scheduling 90 minutes at the beginning of your day to work on your goals and don't stray from that time. So let's talk about bullet points of this podcast. Resolutions are just thin sentences masquerading as intentions. Set up multiple goals and make them executable by outlining the steps that you need to accomplish them. Have a mixture of constant year-long goals and also smaller project goals that you can execute on. Assign goals to a month. Every month, pick four goals that you're going to execute on that month. Schedule the first 90 minutes of your day to be project time where you're executing on these goals and get a goal-oriented planner that will help guide you throughout the year. Truly set yourself up for success with your goals by picking a time that makes sense for you to start. Don't get caught up in the idea of the calendar and New Year's. Pick a month that you know is maybe one of your best months. The month before, start planning your goals for the next 365 days. And when the first day of your good month comes, make that your new year. Set yourself up for success that way. It doesn't matter when you're doing it. It just matters that you are doing it. <music>